Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Football podcast. I'm Drew Markle from the Intelligencer and the Courier Times, joined by Daryl Dovis, the longtime play-by-play voice of WMTV Radio. We look at high school football every week, and Daryl, we're going to jump into week four this week. Um, hard to believe it's my God, we're almost nearing the halfway point. But uh, with that in mind, let's take a look. Let's start with you know where most of our schools play. It would be the Suburban One League. Um, Darrell, that's for one national. There does seem to be some separation already and not a surprise in that separation. Yeah, I mean, again, it's North Penn and who can challenge them. Um, the last one to do it really was uh, CB West in 19 uh, to, to really the last one really to beat them, uh, which was a rarity in conference play. And, uh, you know, they don't show any signs of, uh, of slowing down right now. I, it's going to be – you know, who can who can hitch a loss to him? I and mean, can East do it? Can West do it? Um, maybe Penridge, you know, is this the year uh, that they can uh, finally get over that hurdle? Uh, it's going to be tough because they've just been a juggernaut here during the first few weeks. They stay healthy. They're going to be trouble. Yeah, again. they are. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, they, as we've mentioned before in, you know, previous shows, with, with, the, with the condensed district field last year because of the pandemic, you know, North Penn was, they were four and one, but they didn't get in. You basically had to be undefeated to make the, you know, the, what was the 14 6A field. Um, you know, so they didn't get in last year. And I'm sure that's. Well, the Shammy was four and one, too. Yeah, and the Shammy was four and one, too. And so was uh, Quakertown. You know, they lost their first game, I believe it was, so to Satterton. You know, so you're talking, there were some teams that, that were on a great run uh, for the rest of the condensed season. Uh, right. Some some teams like Quakertown continued to play after the five needed uh, for a district consideration, but and they kept winning for the most part. So yeah, there were a lot of teams that uh, that could have made things interesting if uh, if things were different. Unfortunately, no, they just weren't. Right, in a quote normal year, they they it would have been. But I agree with you though. In the SOL National, basically, looks it's looking like. You know, it's a four-horse race now, and that the one horse in North Penn is looks like it's got a couple of lengths on everybody else. But you know, Penrose, CB West, and CB East um, are right in that mix. And you had mentioned, you know, before we went on the air here, the, the CB West, CB East game could have some serious, you know, implications, which is cool that that game didn't really mean something as far as your district seating and everything. When we get to that, um, right, there, let's jump over to the. Um, Suburban One League Continental. Uh, it looks like about a, th- a three-team race there with, you know, uh, Quakertown, Southerton, and Upper Dublin. Yeah, and Upper Dublin, I mean, it's hard not to consider the way Quakertown played last year. It's hard not to consider them maybe the front runner. But, again, mm-hmm. this is – they're 
this is kind of upper Dublin's to lose. I think right. at this point, again, it, we're only a third of the way in roughly. Um, but uh, upper Dublin has pretty much been the class of this division of this conference. So, you know, it's kind of like North Penn, you know, you're the champ until someone knocks you off, you know, but uh, Quaker town has been, they're looking like they could do just that. They could knock off an upper Dublin this year, uh, but upper Dublin's got a lot to play for now. If anybody locally has driven up and down 309 uh, in the upper Dublin, Fort Washington area, it is yeah. just amazing what Ida uh, did with the tornadoes that came through that area. Um, the house is on the opposite side of 309. I, I actually pulled over to look at it. I couldn't believe the roof ripped off, not completely, but the covering of the roof ripped off of uh, the uh, athletic complex. They have uh, two, had <laughs> two really nice um, turf fields. They're called spark, uh, spark fields. Yep. They've had for years, field hockey has played on there, soccer's played on there, uh, Pop Warner football has played on there, and they were destroyed. The varsity field, which used to be the JV field, varsity used to play right behind the football field. Now they're across the parking lot right next to 309. That was done up real nice. That's been torn all to shreds. So, right. um, you know, they are now in the, the football stadium in Upper Dublin, which is what we're really talking about here. Um, all four light poles bent. Just yeah. it's amazing to see. So they're road warriors now. So if anything, you know, this could be uh, this could be an old chip on the shoulder bit. You know, win one for the win one for the school even more so, knowing what they've been through. In fact, I'm remiss to say East when we picked them uh, against uh, South last week, and we'll get to the picks later, obviously. But um, I did not realize that was supposed to be a Saturday morning game. We were talking about that was yeah. going to be 11 a.m. start. I did not realize that they had sustained damage to Colby Umbral Field. Uh, yeah. That I, I was totally unaware of that. My son ended up telling me, and uh, I was like, I had no idea that they moved it to South and moved it to Friday night. Right. <laughs> so, know. Um, you know, they're playing for something too. Yes, exactly. The uh, and you you mentioned you know you mentioned Quakertown and Southerton. I was at that game last year when in Quakertown Quakertown gave Southerton all it wanted in that that opening game last year and you know Saturn and pulled it out in the end and would go on to win the district title and Quakertown doesn't get in but you know that just that just shows you how, how close it was and then we'll, we'll find out a lot next week we'll be talking about this one next week for sure because you have Upper Dublin at Quakertown next Friday so you know we'll, we'll learn a lot then but again we'll get to that you know later but get your uh, parking early yeah, <laughs> that, that, should, that should be a, that should be a fun one, and somehow I have a feeling that'll be part of our picks. <laughs> I think it will. And then you know, it'll be interesting to see. Look, you know, looking at this week, Upper Dublin goes to North Penn, so you have Upper Dublin, you know, a power in the district in five A, versus North Penn, obviously a power in the district in six A. So that those crossover games sometimes give you some pretty good uh, some some pretty good matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, and let's look and, and real real fast here on the Suburban One League American Conference, uh, Upper Moreland. And you know, they're they're three and zero. That's uh, you know, they're a, they're a four A program. So sometimes when they play some of the five A's or six A's, they'll you know they'll take you know a lump or two. But you know, come playoff time, you know they they're usually in good shape because they're playing schools their own size. But you know, they can't ask for more than three and zero at the start, obviously at the start for you know a team with a lot of seniors back. 
Yeah, and uh, you know they they really hit a speed bump against Quakertown last year, just prior to districts. It didn't hurt them. Uh, obviously, they have the target on their back, being the four A district champ. Um, you know whether it was condensed or not, they earned it. Uh, they did. So, so I'll tell you, the, the, probably the only one that could give them a a, a fight. I mean, Spring Plymouth White Marsh has been. You don't quite know what to get with them. Springfield no, Monco. Springfield Monco, I'll tell you what, whatever happens, kudos to them. This was a team that a few years ago had so many injuries in the first couple of weeks. They stopped football. They gave it up the following year. They came Correct. back the year after that with just a JV program and tried to build it back up. And here they are uh, playing in 4A again and uh, and winning. So, yep. uh, you know, that that's, that's good to see Springfield Monco back uh, in the mix there. But, yeah, right now this um, – you know, kind of like North Penn and the National, this looks like it's uh, Upper Moreland's uh, to win. Correct. All right. And also, Darrell, let's take a look in the Catholic League, um, you know, the Red Division. You know, you have Wood is now a, a 6A program again because uh, of the of their success they've had in the past and the, the transfer rules of PAA, you know, move them up from 5A. You look at that, <laughs> you look at that division – you have you have St. Joe's Prep, which has won, I believe, the last forty-seven state titles, and you know, then you have LaSalle, and then you have Wood, and then and you can't even forget about Newman Garetti's legit too. Uh, you know that 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 division is just you know just brutal of how you know how good they are. The angriest teams in the state right now are. LaSalle, <laughs> St. Joe's, North Penn, Coatesville, all these teams because and uh, Archbishop Wood has just been virtually unstoppable, uh, it, it seems like. So it's bad enough. I say bad enough. It, it's really good. This this is the old um, heavyweight boxing division in the glory days right now right. with this 6A, if you think about it. Because right. it is going to be an absolute slugfest getting out of the Catholic League. Um, I'll tell you, not that not that they don't put out the good officials. You are going to see the best officials anywhere on those games to make sure that these games are are going to be handled in the best way possible. I mean, the 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 district does a great job anyway when it comes to putting them out in the playoffs, but there's going to be scrutiny for these officials oh, sure. and, this, and a lot of pressure on them too um, because those games involving those teams in the Catholic league and then whoever survives to come out and face some of the expected ones to make it out from the other part of uh, the Eastern half. Holy cow. That's just, I mean, that's going to be great football. It's just it going to be so much fun to watch. It'll be interesting too. Also, you know, uh, Wood plays, I, I believe LaSalle and Prep, I'm not sure which order, the, their last two games of the season. But, you know, it's one of those, what's more important? Do you, do you tip your hand, um, you know, in the regular season game with what you're going to do, or do you save a couple wrinkles, you know, for the playoffs? To, we'll see. It's interesting where, see where they go there. We do, let's, let's note that, you know, Prep did lose um, over the weekend to a powerhouse from Georgia. So, uh, you know, they, they don't uh, – that, that team they lost to from Milton George is pretty darn good. But, you know, they're so they're, they're not invincible, but it's still going to take an awful lot to beat them too. So here's Archbishop – yeah, here's Archbishop Wood's schedule here. Um, Malvern prep this week on the road. 
That, will not, they, be, that will not be easy. No, well, actually, I say on the road, that's at Franklin Field. <laughs> right. That will not um, be easy. No, not at all. Then at home, which is their home field is William Tennant, they'll have St. John's College out of D.C. Again, not easy. No. Uh, Roman Catholic, uh, a 6A program. Roman's uh, playing better. Yep, Roman's playing better. Uh, Father Judge, which is still a 5A. Right. Uh, but that'll, that's, uh, that'll be at Father Judge. And then they go home for St. Joe Prep. And okay. then at Wissahickon for LaSalle. So that's okay. the 15th. And, and here's here's a, a real important factor here because there's not enough Catholic League teams. Um, right. There tends to be a bye thrown in there somewhere. Here's mm-hmm. the bye. St. Joe Prep on the 15th, a week off, LaSalle on the 29th. Okay. So there, there, there's a week off there between – you know, at least locally, the two biggest games on their schedule. Um, right. You know, meanwhile, I just took a quick glance here. Uh, St. Joe's actually has a light schedule. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. They only have an eight-game schedule. They get LaSalle. Uh, they get Gonzaga prep this week, and then they have um, two weeks until right. their first game, and that's LaSalle. So right. – there's, I don't know if the powers that be did that on purpose, but you're talking about two of the biggest games in the area, which would be in the Catholic League, and there's a bye week. This is almost like the NCAA where they put a bye week between Florida Georgia, you know, before they match up, or Alabama-Auburn or something like that. So they actually set up the schedule where these teams have a bye between their biggest games. Which Not, you know, bad, not they- bad. Maybe it was coincidence, or maybe maybe it was. Uh, you know, but, but you know uh, what? I, honestly, I have no problem with that. I have zero problem. They don't. Their their league is handled differently in regards to playing. You know, sure public leagues, and you know, it's it's structured differently. And and heck, a few years ago, they weren't even in the PIAA, so they're right. playing games. And not only that, the they're not scheduling schlubs. They are going out <laughs> and get, they're going deep and finding incredible programs everywhere to play. So it's not like we're saying we're going to play five and we're going to be healthy by the time the playoffs come around. They're hitting hard. And and the fact that everyone's playing 10 and they only have eight, I have zero problem that for their biggest game, they have a bye week. No, I agree with you. You know, one of the reasons they're only playing eight is they have a hard time finding teams that will play. Yes, that too. Let's not forget that. But, uh, all right, um, Darrell, let's get to let's get to our pick segment. Um, shockingly, we're, we're both eight we're, we're both eight and one for the season after a five and zero oh, uh, last week. Um, I, I can't speak for you, but I'm sure I will I will fall apart soon um, <laughs> as far as the picks go. But let's look at you know let, let, we'll, we'll run through these uh, pretty quickly. I don't want to spend too much time, but uh, we'll go we'll look at four games: um, two on Friday and two on Saturday. Let's start up first in the, back in the Catholic League in the Blue Division. Um, undefeated Conwell Egan and Bonner Prendergast. Uh, Bonner Prendy is is two and one, and Egan is three and zero. Oh. What's what? What do you? What's your pick? But I, I'll tell you what. We may be eight and one, but none of the games you have put out there uh, for us to pick have been easy. We've a couple have been tight, and a couple have been real toss ups. So these haven't been some pushovers, and this one's not going to be a pushover either. Um, 
Bonaprendi uh, is is not shabby, but Conwaligan uh, over the years they have gone from a doormat in the PCL. They used to be a, a strong team, 60s, 70s, 80s, and then they fell apart a little bit for a while. They have really poured it on over the last decade, decade and a half, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, there doesn't seem to be any signs of slowing down. At least not this week. I'll take Conwell Egan, and uh, we'll go uh, we'll go 26, 17. Okay. Yeah, you're right, Daryl. Uh, Jack Techman, the head coach. Oh, you know, he's a long, long time. You know, I know Jack. Yeah. Catholic league guy, and uh, he knows you know an awful lot about football. I, I like I like Egan to go to four and zero too. I'm gonna say Egan twenty one twelve. All right. Uh, we, we mentioned earlier, Daryl, Upper Dublin. You know, a five A power. Um, you know, we, like you said, we can't. We they're not a good team. They're a good program, and. They're playing, you know, at North Penn, same thing. A very good program. There's a big difference between being a good team and being a good program. You know, what do you, what do you think there? Well, if memory serves me, when Upper Dublin won its 6A district title, they had to go through North Penn to do it. Uh, and I don't believe that – it's only, what, a handful of years ago. And right. I don't think they have played since. Um, okay. Dick, Dick Beck will not forget that. Uh, no, no, <laughs> he, he, not. he will not forget that. Um, you know, Upper Dublin, very good, very strong, uh, playing with a, an enhanced purpose after what happened to their school uh, and the fact that they're always on the road. Um, there's a sense of there's a sense of bonding that happens with that. It's a sense of, of family that becomes stronger with a team when it has to deal with adversity. And that really uh, produces great results. And uh, they'll put a good showing up here against North Penn, I believe. Um, I do not believe they will win. This might be one of those that's good for a half. Dick Beck makes some adjustments. Um, uh, Kalani Eaton, uh, you know, runs rough shot again. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up a 200-plus yard performance in this one. North Penn is usually just bigger, stronger, faster than most. I think they will be against Upper Dublin. Uh, They've been put up a lot of points. I will give North Penn 40. I will give Upper Dublin 17. Wow. Okay. Um, I think it's a little bit tighter than that. I I do like North Penn here, but I'm going to say North Penn uh, 24-14. All right, Darrell, let's look at two Saturday games. Um, First one, you know, a Ben Salem team, a two-and-one start for the Owls um, under new head coach Alex Houston. They gave Upper Dublin. They, you know, it was I believe it was twenty-three to twelve. They lost Upper Dublin last week. They're right. at CB they're playing CB East on Saturday. What do you think of that? Well, hopefully CB East feels ready. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Let's hope that's that's the case. But um, John Donnelly. Uh, he, uh, he has so many kids back, so many starters back from last year. They're looking good. They're, they're coming off of a, you know, well, two weeks ago, coming off a big win against the Chamonix. Um, yeah. they're, look, they're looking strong. Uh, I, I don't see uh, – keep the turnovers down. I, I don't see why things won't change here. I, uh, I will take the Patriots uh, to uh, tack on another win. Ben Salem is uh, going to have to learn here real quick that it starts getting tougher now here uh, as the league schedule goes on. Uh, we'll keep Ben Salem at 12, but I'll give 28 to C- uh, CB East, 28-12 uh, to the Patriots. 
All right. I'm going to go. Uh, I like a lot of the, that reasoning there, too. I'm going to go go see uh, CB 17 to 8 uh, for my pick there. And and, and finally, uh, Dallas, um, Wood at Malvern Prep on Saturday. Uh, what do you, you know? What do you think in that spot? Uh, you know, another interact school, uh, you know, they're always, you always wonder what they get. They're, they're usually very strong. We, we saw what happened with LaSalle. Uh, yeah, 10-7, you know, LaSalle wins at 10 to seven. That's, that's a tough one there. This is, this one is going to, and I, I realize every game is different. It's game plan different. This one's going to be interesting to see considering um, Wood and LaSalle are going to play later. Right. You know, it, because all the all the questions are going to come up. Well, would beat prep thirty to ten, and Lasalle only won by ten seven. That's got to mean something. Right. Um, it, it really doesn't. I mean, we're talking about kids, human beings, fate, and a, an egg shaped ball that can bounce funny. So, um, but Wood is just Wood's on another level right now. They they just are. They're they're almost an unstoppable force right now. Um, Prep will probably keep the score down if they play defense like they did against LaSalle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wood is going to come away with a victory on this one. Uh, I will say that Wood's going to be held to about – no, we're going to keep him under 30. We're going to keep him at uh, – we'll call it 27. Uh, we'll give we'll give Prep 10. So 27-10 Wood. All right, I'm, I'm, we're close again. I mean, I like, I, I think, you know, with Wood here, you know, they they they, they whacked Cheltenham the end of the night, 49 to nothing um, in a rematch of the, you know, the 5A state title game from two years ago. You know, Cheltenham is struggling. They're 0-3, but, you know, Wood is Wood is scoring points and, and they're not allowing points. You know, that, that's a pretty good way to, way to win. I'm going to say Wood 21 to 10. So, you know, we'll, we'll again, we'll see where that goes. Our picks have been pretty good so far and, Hopefully they'll, you know, they'll stay that way. <laughs> stay that way. Yeah. All right, Daryl, I appreciate it. Um, and I thank everybody for, for checking us out. And we will see you next week on our Game On High School Football Podcast. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.